detectives and we love investigating cool stuff. We do, and we're lucky to be able to chat with some super smart grown-ups. Who know a lot of cool facts about them. Why do you keep saying cool like that? Because we're going to investigate something freezing. But it's hot outside. That's true. But Christmas is coming, and even though where we live it's summer, lots of Christmas cards and decorations often feature snow and snowflakes. Yeah, because Christmas in the Northern Hemisphere means snow. It does. I live in Nevada in North America, and we get a lot of snow over Christmas because it's winter. Hi, Megan. Hi there, fact detectives. I work on citizen science projects with kids just like you to study snowflakes and snowfall. Awesome. We have lots of questions. Yeah, especially because where we live, it doesn't snow at all. Okay, what would you like to know? Our first question comes from Reed. Fact one. My name's Reed, and I'm from Alaska. How do snowflakes form? Well, Reed, for snow to form, a couple of things need to happen. The first thing is that it needs to be winter, and it needs to be cold. How cold does it have to be? Pretty cold. Zero degrees Celsius, which is equal to 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Hang on, why are there two numbers? Because different people came up with different calculations for how to measure hotness and coldness, even though we both use the same instrument. Do you know what that instrument is? A thermometer. That's right. A thermometer measures the temperature in both Fahrenheit and Celsius, and these scales are both based on the freezing points and boiling points of water. So. As I said, it needs to be very cold, at least zero degrees Celsius. And the second thing that's needed for snow to form is that there needs to be moisture in the atmosphere. How does that happen? That happens through what's called precipitation and the water cycle. We know that water can be a liquid, but it can also be a solid or a gas. Can you think of a couple of examples? When it's solid, it could be an ice cube. And when water is a gas, it could be steam, like when the kettle boils. Exactly. We call water in gas form water vapor. This also forms as it's heated up by the sun. As water evaporates into the atmosphere and cools down, it forms clouds, which are made up of heavier water droplets. When they get heavy enough, they fall out of the clouds, and this is called precipitation. Like rain. Yep. And also hail, sleet, and snow. Precipitation is the name of any kind of water that falls out of a cloud. Fact two: What is a snowflake? Here's a cool fact for you. Generally, when people say snowflake, they're actually talking about a snow crystal. What's the difference? Well, a snow crystal is one single crystal of ice. While in everyday language, a snowflake can refer to one individual snow crystal. Scientists use the term snowflake when several snow crystals stick together as they fall to the ground. Sometimes hundreds or thousands of snow crystals crash into each other on the way to the ground, and these fluffy clusters of snow are called snowflakes. Okay, so does that mean what we call a snowflake, we should call a snow crystal? That's right. How big is a snow crystal? Really tiny, actually, two to three millimeters across. I heard that no two snow crystals are the same. Is that true? The answer is yes and no. While it's theoretically possible for two snow crystals to be the same, the chances of it happening are so incredibly small that we say it's not possible. Let me explain. 
A snow crystal starts to form in the sky when a really, really cold water droplet freezes around a teeny tiny piece of dust, ash, pollen, or ice. This creates an ice crystal, and it has a special shape with six sides. Do you know what that's called? A hexagon. Yes. The heart of the snow crystal is a hexagonal plate with six sides because when the water freezes, molecules join onto each other in hexagonal shapes. Oh, cool. We learned all about crystals with Dermot Henry. Great. Now, as the ice crystal gets thrown around in the cloud and falls to the ground, more water vapor freezes onto it. And these new crystals become the six arms of the shape we commonly recognize as a snow crystal. It can take an hour for a single snow crystal to fall to the ground. Wow, that's a long time. How do snow crystals get their cool shapes? We have to start with clouds. Clouds can be really big, and within a cloud, there can be parts that are warmer or cooler or wetter than other parts. As the snow crystal is falling to the ground, there are lots of variations in both temperature and humidity, and these differences affect the shape of a snow crystal. So, to answer your original question, to be exactly the same, two snow crystals would have to follow the exact same path through a cloud during formation. Not only is this unlikely, but temperature and humidity within clouds are constantly changing, making it even less likely for two snow crystals to encounter the same conditions, even if they did follow the same path. Got it! And what about the shapes of snow crystals you see on Christmas cards and Christmas decorations? These are the classic, and some would say the most beautiful. They're called stellar dendrites. Dendrite means tree-like or branching. If you look at each individual arm of a snow crystal, it kind of looks like a branch. Dendrite snowflakes form when there is more moisture in the atmosphere. What do you mean? Even when it is really cold, below freezing, the air can be relatively more or less humid. Seriously? Yep. So when there's relatively more moisture in the atmosphere, snow crystals form more intricate patterns. When the humidity is lower, the snow crystals tend to be more simple and less intricate. Like what? Lower humidity tends to create simpler shapes, like thin, plate-like crystals with detailed symmetrical markings. Simple prisms are shaped like tiny wooden pencils, while capped columns have a plate at each end. It's hard to describe them, so I would encourage you to ask your grown-up to jump on the internet and look up what snowflakes look like. Or head down to your local library and borrow a book about snowflakes so you can check them out. Okay! With so many beautiful shapes, it's no wonder that humans all over the world have been captivated by snow crystals for thousands of years. The very first recorded mention of snow crystals having six sides was in China around 2,000 years ago. Over a hundred years ago, a teenager called William Snowflake Bentley became fascinated by snowflakes. Back in the 1800s, he came up with an amazing way to photograph snowflakes by attaching a camera to his microscope. Over the course of 46 years, he took over 5,000 pictures of snow crystals. That's dedication. Remember that there were no smartphones or TV back then. His camera was entirely manual. Then, Back in the 1930s, a Japanese physicist named Ukichiro Nakaya started trying to grow snow crystals in a lab. Amazing! Fact 3! How does snow form on the ground? Good question. 
First snow that falls from the sky is called powder, and it's light and fluffy. When it's cold enough that the snow doesn't melt, then the flakes that are falling build up and form what's called a snowpack. A snowpack is snow that builds up on the ground over the course of the winter and eventually melts in spring. In some places, snow might only stay on the ground for a few hours or days after it snows. Why does it melt so fast? If it's warmer than zero degrees, the snow will melt. If the atmosphere is warmer than two degrees Celsius, then the snowflakes will melt and fall as sleet instead of snow. What's sleet? Sleet is where snowflakes fall through a bit of warmer air on their way down. So they melt and get a bit slushy and then maybe refreeze. What about blizzards? A blizzard is a storm with lots of snow being blown around by winds stronger than 35 miles an hour, which is the same as 56 kilometers an hour, where you can't see more than 400 meters in front of you. In a blizzard, it's dangerous to travel because it's too hard to see the road. Also, roads can become blocked by piles of snow formed by the wind. These are called snowdrifts. That sounds scary. It can be. It's best to stay indoors during a blizzard. Sometimes afterwards, when everything is covered with bright white snow, it looks really beautiful. Even though snow and snowflakes look white, they're actually transparent, but the crystals make them look white to our eyes. And also, during and after a big snowstorm, everything sounds different. What do you mean? Well, snow has an insulating effect, which means it makes the whole town sound a little bit quieter because the sounds of traffic and other urban noises are absorbed by the snow. Wow, that's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's a special experience. It's kind of like how the foam in a recording studio insulates the studio from outside sounds. Fact four! Is it true that igloos are warm? Yeah, that's true. When I was a kid, we used to make snow forts and snow tunnels. Just like an igloo, they're all built from compressed snow and they keep you warm inside because one, they protect you from those icy winds outside and two, they trap your body heat inside. It's also why some animals can hibernate in the snow. Even though a lot of snow can be a pain for getting around because the roads and sidewalks might be blocked, there are lots of fun things about snow. The first snow of the season is especially magical. Imagine when there are all these little sparkling bits of glitter and dust falling gently around you. It's exciting no matter how old you are. Walking on snow can sound crunchy, crackly, or slushy, depending on the texture of the snow and the temperature. If you go outside, make sure you wear warm clothes, boots, gloves, and a hat. And if you happen to see pink snow, don't eat it. We won't. But why is it a bad idea? Well, high in the mountains, snow can contain unique forms of microorganisms and algae that can give it a pink, red, or orange color, which looks really cool, but it can make you sick. Snow might also be colored because of pollution, dust, pollen, dirt, or even dogs doing their business. So just don't eat the snow. Okay. What is a glacier? A glacier is a massive body of slowly moving ice. Glaciers form on land and are made up of fallen snow that gets compressed into ice over hundreds or even thousands of years. Wow, and what do they do? Well, glaciers help protect the Earth and the oceans by reflecting heat back into space and keeping our planet cooler. Fact five. Why is snow important? For so many reasons. Earlier, I mentioned that I live in Nevada 
which is the driest state in the USA. But the word Nevada or Nevada means snowy in Spanish. I work at the Desert Research Institute and we don't just study the desert, we also study water. Why do you think that is? Because the desert is really hot and dry? That's right. In Nevada, we rely a lot on the snow for water. Do you remember how I talked about the snowpack? Well, in our dry state, we rely on the snowpack in the mountains, slowly melting all year long to feed our rivers and streams. Snow provides water for rivers, lakes, streams, as well as the land, the trees, animals, and of course, us humans. Last year, in the mountain peaks surrounding where I live, over 700 inches, or 17 meters, of snow fell during winter. 17 meters is about as tall as a five-story building. Whoa! That's so much snow! Yes! It took over six months for that snow to melt. In some parts of our region, we saw record-breaking levels of precipitation last year. Snow helps cool the Earth because the white color reflects solar energy back into space. It's so bright that you should always wear eye protection when you're out skiing or playing in the snow. Snow falls in winter in many countries around the world, not just the United States. From Siberia to Scandinavia, Switzerland and the UK, over to Japan, down to Chile and Aotearoa, New Zealand. Try this at home! If it doesn't snow where you live, ask your grown-up to help you go online and look up snowflakes. Or go down to your local library and borrow a book about them. Have a look at all the cool shapes snow crystals come in. And it's okay if you call it a snowflake. Would you like to learn how to make your own snowflake Christmas decoration? Yes. Okay, you will need to ask your grown-up for a square piece of white paper. If your piece of paper is a rectangle, you'll first need to make it into a square by folding it in half diagonally and then cutting off the extra bit. Once you have a square piece of paper, fold it in half diagonally to make a triangle. Then. Fold it again into a smaller triangle. After that, fold the outside edges so that they meet in the center. You can start with the left-hand edge, then do the same from the right-hand side. Once you have your triangle with two pointy ends at the bottom, ask your grown-up to help you cut it straight across. So then you just have a triangle and no pointy bits at the bottom. Now comes the fun part. Draw a pattern on your triangle and cut it out. Then very gently open your triangle to reveal your snowflake. Cool! Let's make snowflakes, Esther. Okay. Thanks, Megan. You're welcome, Fact Detectives. Have fun making your snowflakes. This has been another awesome episode of the Fact Detectives with me, Annika. And me, Esther. Big thanks to Megan Collins who is a research scientist at the Desert Research Institute in Reno, Nevada. And big thanks to Luca, Patrick and Reed, who asked us to investigate snow. If you love finding out facts as much as we do, and if you have a big topic you'd like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au.